beautiful, beautiful, beautiful morning to you. It's another Saturday. Mm, Saturdays are <laughs> super days. Yeah. So are you getting ready for all one bear? Are you getting ready to go to the market? What are you planning to do? Are you resting? Are you still having breakfast, doing something wonderful, exercising? Well, whatever you're doing, thank you for joining us this morning. It's going to be an amazing conversation today. This is Soto Voices on KT 103.9 FM here in Joss Plateau State. And today is the 11th day in the month of women, you know. Women History Month. March. So women something. <laughs> I like that month. Yeah. <laughs> so on the 8th of every month, uh, every March, you know, every year we celebrate women. It's the International Women's Day. So we always celebrate every amazing woman in our lives. It could be your mother, it could be your sister, it could be your, your friend. friend. Yeah. Anybody. Please. Um, a role model, a mentor. Yeah. It's not too late to celebrate her. Whoever she is, just in case you forgot, you can do well to celebrate her now. It's not too late. So happy International Women's Day to every amazing woman. Superwoman. Yes, every superwoman. We love you. We love what you're doing. You are special to us. Always appreciate yourself. You are wonderful. So don't feel lesser than special, please. It's your month. This is another wonderful week. We are going to have a wonderful conversation. Do well to join us as we are going to have this conversation. My name is Nanji Nandang, and I'm not doing this alone. I also have my co-partner. Yeah. Morning, everyone. It's Renny Bridget. Happy International Women's Day, Bridget. Yeah. Happy International Women's Day too, <laughs> Nanji. I've seen you celebrating like throughout the week. Wow. And I'm like, ah, this superwoman. Uh-huh. We're proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm also proud of you. Thank you so much. Um, We appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. I love what you're doing. You know, trust you had a warm week. Uh, you enjoyed your week yeah very well it has been series of activities 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 but then celebration yeah (laughs) i love that part celebrating strong women celebrating superheroes yeah it's been amazing okay that's nice i'm warming up for the for next week that's the gubernatorial election so Mm. how are you warming up I am, I am, I am super ready. <laughs> yeah, we want to still go and vote. We will not get discouraged. Though. I was almost getting discouraged, you know, Nanji. But I told myself, Mm-mm. we've started it. Let's finish, let's it. finish it and let's get so the best. Why are you discouraged? You know, my expectations were caught short. Oh. I think, yeah, and I think that's part of what we'll be discussing today to awesome. have an understanding of. I, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling this the same way you're feeling right now so this conversation today will help us to um, understand what to do next week right yeah (laughs) yeah very well so as we mark the international women's day with the theme embrace equity i think this is the time to see equal to act equal and to lead equal mm. yeah this is the best time i love to do the it. sound of this uh-huh. <laughs> and um since we have made uh, our decision you know two yeah. weeks ago yeah. we brought a precedent it's time to bring the right person for for us. our agenda yes oh, oh, oh okay ah now i see where you're going to and, uh, <laughs> no 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 we need someone with a vision someone that sees women that understands women and we'll be able to relate you know our our heart desires our cries you know you. our trials and all we go through because uh, we have a long history a very long history of uh, marginalizing women 
Well, uh, that is why we are discussing women inclusion in Nigerian political leadership today. You know, the overwhelming representation of women in Nigeria's 2023 election is something to seriously reflect on. That's true. Yeah. When I was uh, checking the data card, I, I realized <laughs> where are we going to? It's not encouraging. Like it's decreasing by, by the, the day. day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you keep seeing these things and you're wondering so where are we going to with What's all this happening? advocacy with all these campaigns we're still having these issues well uh we are going to address them it's Very part well of what properly. we address today so <laughs> <laughs> i would like us to check um the history of nigeria now the population of women in nigeria is almost equal to the that of men they make up 49 percent of the entire population however however i mean they have dismal elect representation in political space that's true so as of 2015 nigeria had a total population of about 187 million which almost 91 million were women out of the available political seats at each election women's representation over the years has been less than six percent 1999 recorded 2.5 percent of women representation and that of the subsequent years 3.7 percent 2003 and then 5.4 percent in 2007 6 percent in 2011 and 4.7 percent in 2015 mm. now the difference is amazing now in 2011 yes six percent and then boom 2015 we have 4.7 what happened it's then dwindling. we are yet to come down to 2023 <laughs> <laughs> the year that we brought in our new uh, president so i'm um, there's still hope for women since we are yet to cast our votes in the states yeah, yeah in states so i would urge that we look into this and then allow women to come into this we piece do the so we can see a change right yeah, yes <laughs> want to this find change the way forward, yeah <laughs> to find the way forward we are joined by a gubernatorial candidate comrade luca panpe good morning sir thank you for joining us this morning uh good morning and it's a pleasure to be on this platform uh and this station again <laughs> thank you yeah. and then we have pastor margaret inusa a former gubernatorial candidate in the studio she actually voted for governorship in uh, 2019 good to have you in the studio good morning ma'am. thank you good morning yeah my pleasure being here thank you so this is going to be an amazing conversation uh, it's good to have you both in the studio. So the last two weeks have been pretty interesting from the presidential election to the postponement of the long-awaited gubernatorial polls by a week. I would like you to give us your take on this current electoral situation in Nigeria. Let's start with you, sir. Uh, uh, once again, uh, good morning to our listeners and to the studio crew. Um, uh, interestingly, when you were talking about the statistics, <laughs> you know, with regards to women, uh, I listened to you with rapt attention, <laughs> you know, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it's more or less like a case where women are neither here nor there. Uh, but let me start with... Um, what you have actually asked uh, uh, correctly. Uh, you know, if, if you take into consideration what's, what has happened, <laughs> you know, in the last uh, fortnight ago, uh, that's two weeks back, uh, you could see 
that in the first place there was enthusiasm on the part of electorates to be able to cast their votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you were talking about uh, PVC collection of over 82.1 million uh, Nigerians out of over 90 uh, million registered uh, voters. Uh, but of course, the last election, and I will say it quickly, is one of the worst in terms of turnout uh, that produced the president-elect. Uh, you could see that if you go back and look at the trajectory uh, from 1999 uh, to 2019, uh, we saw how the numbers kept dwindling. In fact, at a point, we had about 39 million, which happened to be the highest in the Fourth Republic. Uh, but of course, the last one produced merely about 29 million. <laughs> and 29 million out of over 82 million was something that you can clearly classify as abysmal in terms of turnout. Uh, but of course, out of those people that actually went out to cast their votes, we saw the enthusiasm for the first time, particularly younger generation between the ages of 18 to 35. There was that enthusiasm. But of course, the results, when the results came out, we further saw a kind of a, a, what I would describe as pessimism on the part of a lot of them who felt discouraged <laughs> you know, with what has happened. And of course, this is against the backdrop of the fact that we've listened to the EU uh, observers who say that the election fell below the minimum standard. We've also listened to the United States Department of States uh, who also said it fell below standard and so on and so forth. And so clearly for us, we saw that as an abysmal performance, particularly by the umpire, uh, the Independent National Electoral Commission. But I haven't said that. Let me also put this into context. You mentioned certain statistics and of course it falls into the last elections. And I think our listeners will be interested in knowing. You talk about percentages. They want to know these in concrete terms. What are we talking about? Uh, and let me put it in this simple form. Uh, it may interest you to know that out of, uh, out of um, uh, 5,300 uh, people that contested uh, various positions uh, for representation uh, in the entire country, particularly for National Assembly and State Assemblies, <laughs> as it were. If you take the National Assembly or you take the Senate, uh, for instance, uh, we had only 92 women. Whoa. 92, 92 women. women but yes. Not all of them got in. No. That's 92 women, mm. you know, participated. Said, Out yeah. of these 92 women in the Senate, only three got their seats. Whoa. Only three. And that is uh, uh, irritating in the FCT because of the Labour uh, Party tsunami. And then we also saw uh, the former deputy governor of Lagos State, uh, also in Lagos, uh, who got her seat. And that is uh, Honorable Idiata. Uh, and then we also have Ipelano from Rivers, uh, who until now is the, the deputy governor in that particular state. So only three out of 92. So you have three women in the Senate based on the number that has already been declared. <laughs> you know, because you also know that there are other uh, constituency elections that have not been conducted. And then if you also see the numbers at the level of states, it may interest you to know that if you step it down again to uh, what is likely going to happen going further to 18th of, uh, of this month with the state assemblies in terms of representation, then again, uh, for Plateau State, for instance, uh, I heard you saying that you have hope for women uh, for Plateau. Yes, it's a good hope, but of course, we really know that uh, even in the those who are contesting for House of Assembly on the Plateau, uh, as far as my knowledge is concerned, are about two, <laughs> you know, one in Kanke 
and one in just not not <laughs> you know under two different parties so again if you have hope in them then the hope should be within to produce these two women again to go to the house of assembly mm-hmm. and then you also have again if you take the cycle it will tell you clearly that as we are talking now there are states that have not produced a single woman you know as a representative uh, as it were if you take the entire southeast as we are talking now five states in the entire southeast with seats uh, uh, they have about 126 seats in the entire five states of the southeast it may interest you to know that only 10 are women <laughs> out of that there are northern states that don't even have a woman you know in this in the in their house and so going forward we'll be able to look at some of these things clearly and then begin to see the position of women in terms of representation beautiful analysis beautiful let's hear your thoughts um ma'am let's know what you think about the current electoral situation in nigeria well um thank you very much and good morning to our listeners uh, I think uh, His Excellency has highlighted so much um, with facts and figures about um, women representation in politics. But then about the entire political, uh, what we've seen this election, actually I was an observer um, with the UN. I'm a UN ambassador mm-hmm. and so um, we were designated to go around and check and see how the election was going. Like he said, this is one of the lowest. Though we saw youths agitation, a lot of youths who never, I know people who never had PVCs before, who went out to get their PVCs just to vote for a new Nigerian in new country because they they believed the INEC chairman, they believed INEC, they believed, you know, everything that uh, they were told that this election was going to be free and fair. And so the youth had so much enthusiasm and for the first time the number of youths that um, registered is even much more than the women because initially women uh, vote more than men in this country previous elections but this 2023 we saw the, the the number of youths more higher than even women and you know the polling units that i had to go around you find out that young people from plateau who worked in other parts of the country came back home just to cast their vote Mm. that's to tell you that they hoped for a new country and they hoped for a new nigeria but unfortunately like his excellency said we're all disappointed i saw as a un UN observer i went round most of the polling units round jobs and um the, the situation was terrible at some polling units the the officials came late Polling materials were not available. In fact, some of the ink, mm. we have to improvise. Mm. And then uh, voter education was also very low. Mm. You know, you know, the aged people will come out and they didn't even really know what to do. And some of the issues on the ballot papers. So uh, some of those things um, were very glaring. And you would even see party agents um, trying to insinuate or push people on who to vote and what to vote. So at some of the polling units, um, I had to personally go and ask most of the party agents to stay away from the polling booth because they were there hanging like hawks and trying to um, get people. And I told them, if we catch you selling, uh, buying vote or selling votes, mm-hmm. it's not going to be funny because we will put our reports and, you know, but I think he has told you the stand of the EU, the American government, and even most of the observers that this is one of the worst 
election that Nigeria have seen. And I can tell you that we are going to have a ripple effect on the gubernatorial mm. election mm. because you, you, I have never seen where a president-elect was announced and the whole country looks like everybody's mourning. Mm. You know, some people couldn't even eat. I heard of a young boy, 19-year-old boy here in Joss, who committed suicide. He hung himself because he felt there's no longer hope for this country. And INEC has disappointed him. INEC has killed him. People queued till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. They said they must cast their vote. So this is the first time we are seeing young people coming out to say we want to take our country back. And then this kind of unfortunate situation happened. I hope the, the courts are feeling the pulse of the people. And we hope that they will do the right thing to give back hope to the young people, to give back hope to Nigerians that something can still be done. Because we cannot keep going around this same mountain. I'm a Nigerian. I'm from Plateau. And I will, I will still speak uh, the minds of women and the youth. Because when the chips are down, I think it's the women and the young people that suffer. So this election is a sham. This election is not credible. This election is, is not free and fair. It's not an election. It's a selection. That is just what we feel and the supreme court which is the 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 hope of the youth and the ordinary nigerian should please all those judges please look into these issues carefully and do the right thing and we also hope that the INEC chairman will have some conscience to 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 do the right thing so that posterity will not judge him but as for women like his excellency have said we are still so very disappointed um, about the, the, the turnout of women in um, elective positions. He has highlighted just three in the Senate and then the House of Reps, 92, mm. I think, is very poor. We've been looking at 35% um, affirmative action, which is the normal standard, you know, in the world. And I can't understand a country whereby women are begging and pleading to be included in a political system where laws are made, where decisions are taken that will empower women. And when you empower a woman, you're empowering a generation. You empower a woman, you're you're empowering the, the world. You know, because women also have what to contribute. You go to other countries, you see that, you know, it's 50-50. In fact, you go there, you see that representation is 50-50. But in this country, is is something else. You know, it's so very poor. And I think as we continue discussing, we might most likely get to the root of why this is because I contested for governorship in, in 2019. I, I didn't have a political godfather or a political godmother. I just felt um, that what was happening in governance was not meant to be so. And if evil continues and good people keep silence, then you are actually abating it. So I decided to take a step of faith and say, no, we must correct some certain things. And by the grace of God, I ran under the Action Democratic Party and became the flag bearer and honor before a lot of things happened. And then I defected to the PDP. Well, but we're going to go there. into that. <laughs> Why you you notice that women are not interested in politics anymore. When 2023 was approaching, a lot of people came to me, you know, Ma, I 
you still going to contest? Are you still going? And I told them, I love myself. <laughs> I want to be alive for my children. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't want to say, okay, why not try uh, maybe State House of Assembly or something? Mm. I said, maybe in the future, mm. but not now, because I do not think Nigeria is ready for, for women mm. in politics. Oh, but I will share my experience with you. Seriously, we would love to hear that. <laughs> okay, so let's know your thoughts on... Uh, on this issue do well to join our social media handles it's www.facebook.com slash silent voices ng or on our twitter handle at silent voices ng you can also join the studio lines you can call via this number 081 or you can also send us an sms via this number 080 6166 5120 hmm. so after compiling <laughs> uh the, getting your analysis i'll say i i i, I would like to um, conclude by saying nigeria still has a long way to go with all the sensitization campaigns and everything we still are lagging behind now, the election data, data card on women representation in Nigeria, and Nigeria's 2023 elections by data fights shows that uh, the presidential candidates, uh, we had 18 candidates and then one female out of the 18, and then she didn't make it, obviously. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also have, um, we had 100 and, uh, oh, 1,101 candidates for the Senate and then we had 92 female candidates like he, um, mm. uh, comrade said earlier and then we also had uh, uh, 109 elected candidates and then three females mm. made it out of 92 and we had uh, we had uh, 3,122 candidates for the House of Representatives, uh, 288 candidate, female candidates, I mean, and then we had uh, 358 um, elected candidates, 15 women made it, which is um, at least encouraging. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least compared to the three <laughs> Senate women that made it to the Senate position, I, uh, I think... Um, 15, 15 is a little bit um, encouraging. Uh, currently, we have uh, 420 candidates for the governorship election, and we have 26 female candidates. Now, we are waiting to see what will come out of this election next week. We also have uh, deputy governorship candidates, uh, 420 candidates, and we have only 100 um, candidates. That's the women that are supporting the governors. Um, let me start with you, sir. It's your deputy, a woman. Let's start from there first. Uh, actually, my deputy is not a woman. Uh, I tried to shop for a woman, but of course, as we discuss the, some of these factors, uh, we'll be able to understand uh, why sometimes it's it's difficult, you know, to be able to bring. Let's a woman delve into the yes. factors right away. But okay, fine. Uh, my party is People's Redemption Party, <laughs> as it were. And uh, when I I had the prerogative to look for my deputy, actually, 
And you know, when I started, I had to, there were key indicators that you have to put on the table, <laughs> as it were. Uh, we look at those indicators and the overwhelming interest against uh, what I would have ordinarily preferred, you know, fell on someone who is a male, <laughs> you know. And again, the dominance on women also played out and, you know, we couldn't get one. Uh, kudos to the PDP, for instance. Out of all of us, 18 governorship candidates on the plateau, uh, and I think one other uh, Abga or so also have fielded uh, uh, women as their deputies. And I think that is also important uh, that we should be able to mention. Uh, but again, we must also be able to, like you have said, what are these factors, <laughs> as it were? Mm -hmm. You know, I just mentioned examples of two that are contesting for House of Assembly now, mm. that I'm sure uh, perhaps quite a number of our uh, uh, listeners may not know. Let's take just North North, for instance. If you take just North North and you begin to imagine that with the kind of uh, political uh, socialization in that environment, they will be able to give a woman, <laughs> then of course you'll be asking yourself, uh, would ethnicity play out? Would religion also play out? Okay, as it were. And you will see that the answer is yes it's certainly going to play out within the context and there are quite a number of other factors too that are considered but nanji it may also interest you to know that for us to be able to understand the concerns you know is for us to say that men are also assuming the responsibilities of women <laughs> But we are not allowing women to assume their own responsibility, let alone the responsibility of men. And I'll give you an example. Uh, we've seen in this country, in Bauchi, for example, where a man was appointed as a commissioner for women affairs. <laughs> <laughs> we have also seen in houses of assembly where men have become chairman of a house committee on women mm. affairs. Yes. <laughs> this is how bad it, it is. It tells you clearly that men are beginning to pretend to assume the responsibility <laughs> of women <laughs> in the true sense of the word. You know, there was a situation where, for instance, it got to a point of sharing positions. And because this is what happened <laughs> in politics, she's aware of it. She knows exactly because she has been in politics too and she understands these issues. It gets to a point where even if you want to do appointments, you know, the men tell you, no, we should be able to take this. Let's take Plateau State, for example. That's we have right. 23 ministries, so we are expecting 23 commissioners. That's right. And so when you begin to share these positions, the men will line up exactly. and say, we are the ones that have worked closely with you, so we need this position. Exactly. And if you reserve maybe one or two for women, to two. be given to women. Two, actually. Yes, two. Ministry of Women Affairs. Exactly. And culture and tourism. And, and culture and tourism. When you reserve that for women, and in the case of Bauchi, for example, you reserve that for women, <laughs> and then the men come and say, Todd, since it has finished, I can manage that one. <laughs> you know, give me that, let me manage it. So you find out that it's not born out of service, it's born out of greed. <laughs> People want to just do it. Self you know how they say it in Hausa, you know, uh, Kubani Wanang. <laughs> you know, give me this one. Let me be there. And you find them going for women activities, you know, appearing as the only man in women uh, activities, discussing issues that they don't understand. So clearly this is how bad it is. And like I said, these factors often play themselves. The politics of politics is always there. Mm. That when people go out and hunt for the game and they are able to succeed, when it comes to sharing, it becomes an issue. Mm. But let us make no mistake. The issues that we are mentioning 
which you have raised in terms of statistics are about representation. Mm -hmm. What about leadership? Because these things are always clear. If you take Rwanda, for instance, mm -hmm. Rwanda have 60.2% of women representation, which is the highest in the world, anywhere. In fact, more than even the United States of America. The U.S. have about 27.7%. So it is not even in the first six in terms of women in representation. Then you have countries like uh, uh, Mexico. Then you have countries like Namibia here in Africa. You have uh, South Africa. Nigeria is not even close to those particular areas. So for me, really, I think that the issues are about the fact that Men have been uh, more or less so self-centered, uh, uh, permit me to use that, because they feel that anything that has to do with leadership and positions are expected to be, to be for men. And so the women are neither here nor there. So men have tried to take responsibilities of women and have disallowed women to even participate, even in their own kind of responsibility. Beautiful. So mm. now it's... Um when we talk about patriarchy, we are talking about men's mm. selfishness. Men's dominance. Dominance. Yes. You know, their mm. selfish interests. <laughs> selfishness, like you said, they love themselves. That's it's true. all about them. Mm. It's not about women. Now, uh, like you've mentioned, um, clearly we have had wonderful women that have contributed mm. so far to the uh, in the world. Uh, we have uh, Sami, Samia Suluhu Hassan, mm. uh, who became the only female head of government in Africa when her predecessor suddenly died she's setting a new course in tanzania right now mm -hmm. so don't you think given women the opportunity to um, come into leadership will change a lot of things in nigeria especially now that we have a lot of issues confronting us we have debt deficit we have uh, <laughs> um, insecurity we have a lot of issues and like he said giving a woman a chance no you said it actually that uh, giving a woman a chance is giving the whole family the whole nation because she's a mother let's hear your thoughts okay uh, thank you very much um, my my take on this um, is simple one of the issues killing this country is partisan politics you know partisan politics that is what is killing um, this country why do I say this like His Excellency has highlighted, if uh, someone is elected, for example now, we have a president-elect, I can assure you that positions have been shared already. And hmm. there may be people who are good from another party. For example, when His Excellency President Muhammadu Buhari became president, and then we started having economic issues and all of that, you had an Ngozi Okonjo Iwela who was a fantastic finance minister mm -hmm. who understands economy and how f uh, the finance of a country should be run. She did this perfectly under a good luck Jonathan who was a PDP uh, uh, okay. president. Okay, Now you come in and you're having issues and problems. Why not invite such a woman into your government and say, look, it's not about party. It's about Nigeria and Nigerians. Mm -hmm. Can you come in? Advise us and let's see what happens. He also went into bringing a female 
who unfortunately has plunged this country into a kind of depth that we have never seen before. I'm wondering if she went to school or something is actually wrong. <laughs> you know, one cannot really tell. <laughs> you understand? It's not about um, most of it, I want to say, it's not about even the gender issue. I think it is it, all about abilities, potentials, what somebody can offer, leadership ability, what you can bring to the table, what can you offer. Mm. Do you understand me? There are a lot of women that 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 we are proud of Ngozi today. Mm -hmm. She's the head of um, WHO, right. right? Yes. Uh -huh. She's there w doing WTO. 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 Mm. Thank you. WTO. She's, she's doing very well there. The world recognizes our own, but we are not recognizing our own. We allow that woman to go. She's not even part of the economic team and all that. Now look at how messed up Nigeria is. So if you ask me, I will tell you, you know, what what is really playing a very bad role, you know, and destroying this country is partisan politics. She didn't, this group didn't work for me. So if I become governor, even if somebody there can, can do well, I won't bring him in simply because he didn't campaign with me. He didn't. So you find charlatans who were roaming around the street with these people shouting, hey, 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 the moment they win. Even if he's not qualified, he's not trained, he doesn't know what to do to, I don't know the word to use, there's a word I'm looking for, to, um, to, to maybe just um, suit the person. Mm. You just say, okay, uh, go and take the Ministry of Finance, mm. which is a key <laughs> to compensate the person for campaigning for you. Mm. He's not qualified, mm. doesn't know anything about the Ministry of Finance, nothing, or Health Ministry or anything. Mm. You just carry that person and push there just to compensate them for campaigning for you. I don't know if you understand. Mm. We've, we, we, we've heard of uh, finance ministers who only have degree in Arabic studies or CR <laughs> I'm telling you. And then you're wondering why this country is plunging the way it's going. People, yesterday I went around town trying to look for money. They tell you if they give you 10,000, mm. you will give them 2,000. Mm. So in your own country, you are even buying money. Currency. It has never happened. Mm. You know, people are suffering. The masses are suffering. And it's not like with simple calculation with the right people there, these things will not be done. So I think um, women should be given more opportunities. And if you talk, a lot of them will bring issues of Dezerani. She did this. She did that. If, if How many other male Dezernis do we have mm. that the women are condemning? Mm -hmm. Do you understand? If one Dezerani came and stole money and did all that, does that mean that all women are thieves? How many other men are thieves that um, we are not talking about? We should start mentioning all the looters and all the thieves you understand so uh, for that one woman failed or she didn't do well that doesn't mean okay why can't we talk about a, a dora queenly who came in transformed navdak and made it what it is to today even if she, now that she's gone you know she brought some some changes reformation in navdak why can't we do that why can't we have a vice presidential candidate who is a woman why can't we have that? And like His Excellency said, kudos to uh, Barista Kale Mutfan for standing against all odds mm. to pick Ngo Josephine Pio as his deputy. I knew there was there was a lot of you know you know 
all of this but he, he stood his ground and he said no the women must have a voice in, in, in this um in this government and we hope that anybody who becomes governor we look for women not just because they are women but women with potentials women with credibility Capacity. women with leadership qualities who can add something to the government and like his excellency said not just you throw them you go to the because it's women affairs ministry then you throw them there and then go to ministry of culture and tourism you throw them there and then leave the basic things you know women are not remote i think we have a lot to offer to the society and, and we should be given that opportunity I, I, now I, I want to bring it down to our parties like you've all mentioned you've mentioned political parties and so um you know when we talk about women's contributions we know that in every you mentioned how women didn't turn up for the past um, presidential election now we know how relevant how important women can um, contribute to our even his excellency here who is <laughs> wearing for this position and that is why every political party has a women wing right and uh, this makes me wonder because um i've not we really hear uh, the woman chairperson or the party chairperson of the political party which the title alone uh, speaks about the dominance it's already a party chairman it's not gender <laughs> neutral so uh, I, I really want to know uh, what our political parties don't you think this discrimination we are talking about today starts from our political parties I agree with you totally um, like you highlighted you know uh, we, we have a lot of issues in this country first tradition two culture three religion now we must go back to the drawing board to begin to look at these facts for example look at the days of jesus i'm a christian and let me give you from this example they caught a woman in adultery was she in adultery alone so you can see that women discrimination started long time ago they caught her and brought her to the master and said we caught her in adultery so where was the man and they brought her to be judged by jesus but he understood and then he cancelled whatever plan they came with because one cannot go into adultery alone so you can see that that discrimination has been there um if i'm not mistaken i think the only political party that's featured a female should be labor party mm. think i think the chairperson mm. yeah of the it's labor party here on the plateau mm. is a female and i think lagos state labor party chairperson or chairman i don't know how to put it now chairperson. a chairperson <laughs> uh, i think she's 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 a pastor and she's she's a woman you know so um the, the structure of course you should know the structure of politics starts from the political parties and the best you can get for women in if you go around and check i don't know about his party but um from where i'm involved and what i've seen the worst you can see is a woman being given a treasurer Hmm. Yes, she's a treasurer. Of, so when they are calling Money political party escus, you see woman there. Woman One, she's woman leader, yeah. and then the second person treasurer. Mm. Mostly that is what you see. So what happens to women actually becoming chairman of political parties? I think this should be the next narrative as we approach um, <laughs> 2020, 2027. You know, this should be the narrative, and political parties should begin to see leadership and potentials in 
women to hand over parties to them. And I think if women are there, it will encourage more women to vie into um, positions. Like he highlighted Plateau State, I mean, State House of Assembly, just two women, one from Kanke, one from you know, uh, you know, uh, the one in Kanke said there are so much issues around it and all of these problems, you know. So I think um, political parties should go back to the drawing board and give women the chance and the opportunity to exhibit their leadership qualities and potentials. We have all it takes. And let me sorry let me let me also chip in quickly uh for us in rivers we produce a woman who is now our party chairperson uh, as it were uh, but having said that and to add to what she has said uh, clearly if you look at the readings and the biddings uh, in the last assembly which is exiting now that's a national assembly there were five bills that were expected to address these issues of uh, uh, women participation and I'm happy to say one of our own from Plateau and that is Honorable Benny Lar uh, sponsored the one on gender, gender and equal uh, opportunity uh, and they were expected to at least give about 111 seats uh, you know across for women and some of the issues that it seek to address are issues about political party administration and that is what we're talking about here it must start from there like I always say charity begins at home so if charity can cook at home literally she can cook outside so the issues are also about how well these party administrators are bringing women on board it goes beyond just ministry of women and then tourism and culture then treasurer and then uh, women leader it goes beyond that these are things that we find in our head but even these ones are being taken away <laughs> you know uh, 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 from the women uh, the Bible said that to whom much is given uh, much, much is, is also expected. Uh, yes. expected as it were men have received a lot I think this is time for us to begin to give back if we want to be fair about some of these issues uh, in the true sense of the word we have seen countries produce female presidents that's right you know mm. Germany one of the strong mm. world power they had mm. a vice chancellor yeah. Angela Merkel mm. for years and she ran the country very well very very well even during the time of COVID most of the countries that did well in managing COVID were were um, uh, led by women. So I think it's time for Nigeria and Nigerians to mm. begin to tilt, to look towards the women because I do not think that a woman is less or inferior, you know, to the male counterparts. Mm. God created us all the same and we have, you know, abilities, potentials and everything to be able to move our country to the next level. Mm. So we are hoping that one day we'll have a female president <laughs> and maybe in a short mm. in a short while if i decide maybe i will run for president Amen. please we'll do <laughs> uh, okay uh, we will be expecting that this is really uh, getting interesting i uh, will be expecting that <laughs> thank you your yes. excellency uh, exactly. do well i know to when you become like. when you become governor Amen. you know just just don't put me in culture and tourism. Uh, no 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 <laughs> look at where you but there are also positions sometimes we tend to limit it only to these houses and and commissioners uh, i asked this question at the time and i said it without any fear of contradiction we had a town hall meeting in one of the stations which is a government station and i asked in prtv for example uh, have we ever had a female general manager mm. for instance no. if you go to agencies have we had a female rector have we have female vice chancellors have we also been able to have females occupying sensitive position even at the uh, departments and agencies of government 
So while we look at it from top, we must also be able to spread it. And these are people that are qualified in their own rights, you know, uh, to be in those positions in the true sense of the world. Apart from few private stations on the plateau, I don't think I've seen a woman running uh, the hate of some of these agencies. Mm. Even at the national level, we've not seen women. NNPC, how many women have we seen in NNPC? ITF, yeah, how many women have we seen, as it were? So it must trickle down to every other angle so that it goes beyond just the ministries in terms of commissioners and ministers. It must also go to this sensitive position. That's right. Parastatals, as we are talking. Like the peace-building mm. agency exactly. on the plateau. Exactly. I think a woman should head exactly. that uh, agency and then the MDG. Mm. Mm. You know, we should have women because mm. we are mothers. And, and we, we understand this. Exactly. Language. Well, let's think. <laughs> Please do well to join this conversation on our Facebook page, www.silentvoicesng.com and uh, and do well to share your thoughts with us here in the studio. We missed some of your calls at 081-0390-4737. Or you can send us a message via 80 6166 and the voices you've been listening to this morning are the voices of two interesting candidates, a governorship candidate in Plateau State. Uh, one is current and the other has been here, <laughs> has tried her luck before, and she's going to share her experience with us. Uh, so the people I'm talking about is um, Comrade Luca Panpe and uh, we have Pastor Margaret Inusa. They are here with us in the studio. So do well to join this conversation on all our social media handles and the calls. Okay, uh, coverage. Yeah, we want to know your thoughts. What are some of the benefits of gender balance in governance and leadership? Well, uh, for, for me, really, and I would like to bring it down to some of the issues and the philosophy of my party and what we believe in. Uh, we believe that uh, uh, having women uh, can really give us what we need uh, in terms of ensuring the equity. And I'll give you an example. Uh, on the plateau, uh, for perhaps for the one of the first times, we have what we call uh, the gender-based violence uh, prohibition uh, act, as it were, or law okay. uh, that recently came into force, <laughs> as in the true sense of it. And if you look at uh, Plateau State as it is, there are some very disturbing issues. Uh, it may interest you to know that recently statistics have shown that Plateau has become the epicenter of uh, girls trafficking, mm. uh, which is worrisome <laughs> you know yes. we have also seen baby factories uh you know springing up uh, as it were and for you to be able to address some of these issues you must go back to gender balance uh because these are issues that must be addressed at that level to be able to remove some of these lacunas uh within the race now we have the law but as i'm talking to you now we've not been able to see the gender commission <laughs> you know yes. on the plateau established yes. under this administration and i think to that extent it's a concern and then secondly, that particular law is expected to make provisions in terms of uh, what we call a gender-based uh, uh, violence prohibition committee, which is expected to, 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 to articulate some of the government policies within the context of issues that will bring about okay. gender balance uh, in the true sense of first. it. Sorry for cutting you. Mm. Um, hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, your name and your location, please. Thank you for joining this conversation. I didn't get that. Ishaya Ali, thank you for joining us. Where are you calling from? 
Hello? Ishaya, are you there? Um, let me um, Ishaya, your network is breaking. We can't hear you properly. So please, um, maybe you... Uh, your network is really bad, right? Hello? Yes, now we can hear you better. Oh. I think we lost Ishaya right there. If you're listening, Ishaya, please do well to call us back. The number to call is 081-0390-4737. I'll take that again. 080-081-0390-4737. Let's hear your thoughts. Um, Kamri, you say something? Yeah, so gender balance allow us to address some of these issues uh, clearly. And you remember what I said, there are issues that men cannot understand no matter how they try <laughs> you know uh, it must be a woman <laughs> that should be able to address those issues uh, some people have said questions around empathy sympathy uh, you know issues with regards to management of resources uh, these are issues that the woman can better uh, handle in the true sense of it but again when we are in classrooms <laughs> for instance I think, I think Isha is calling okay. back sorry sorry about that okay Hello, good morning. Hello, are you hearing me? Yes, we can hear you now, loud and clear. Okay, I said, what was uh, your guest uh, message to the followers on social media that are abusing, sending rumors, false rumors against one another? And what will their advice to the uh, people in the social media that are doing such things? Then secondly, um, every uh, candidate is talking about 35% for the women in when uh, if he's elected, then what the people living with disability in their government is elected? Beautiful question. Thank you so much, Share, for that um, um, interesting question. So I think the one running for governor should answer that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, I think uh, straight up, uh, let me say that uh, uh, if one of the ways we talk to our followers, uh, you know, because it's an era of lies and propaganda, and we've had it all through. Uh, but one thing we must do as candidates is that we must be present in the social media too. Uh, we must be present to make statements uh, from time to time. And I've seen a couple of us doing that. If you check Luca Pampe Yakubu, uh, you see I've promoted the candidate of the PDP, I've promoted the candidate of the APC, the candidate of Labour, and the other candidates, uh, that it's not about war. <laughs> you know, let us have a war of idea. Mm. Uh, it is not, and these things bring psychology in, in terms of reasoning among our followers. That if we are not fighting each other, then there is no yeah. point, <laughs> you know, that they should also be able to do so. And I think it's very fundamental because we are not omnipresent. We can't be everywhere at the same time. It's only God that have that quality. So people, while you are trying to knit this 
someone elsewhere is saying a lot of things you know and like i keep saying it that does not sell candidate you demarket your candidate i've always said it's very difficult you must have extra skills you know in these evil days to be able to sell certain uh, uh, ideologies uh, out there it's like selling uh, ice cream to the eskimos you need some sense of serious marketing strategy <laughs> you know to be able to do so but i i think we are talking to them and this is very fundamental i've seen other candidates doing the same thing and it's very important then uh, secondly you talk about that fire affirmative action i've said it severally even in our manifesto if you are talking about 23 commissioners on the plateau and you take that five percent is 8.1 percent and that point is uh, is not a human being so you either give them eight isn't it out of 23 or you give them nine uh or you can go uh, above that it's just a minimum requirement but like i said it's not just about commissioners uh, those who sit in state executive council. It is also about uh, uh, agencies of government, departments, boards, and parastatals of government. No, he's talking about yes, I'm going there. Okay. He mentioned that 5%. And then, add, uh, uh, above that too, I've also talked about persons living with disability. I've said it repeatedly that in my own, in concrete terms, I'm looking at four positions at the state executive council for persons living with disability. I've never minced words with regards to those issues. And like I keep saying it, uh, the persons living with disability we will create that environment where they take hold of their own uh, situations. And when I say situations, you look at the politicization of the, the agency that is responsible for persons living with disability on the plateau. How at a time I have said they had to go and protest in the House of Assembly mm. because somebody was imposing someone that they did not like. Mm. So it's not just being uh, uh, having that disability that qualify you to be there. They also want people with competence that uh, have the empathy to listen to their issues and drive home the conversation in terms of bringing the benefit on their doorsteps in the true sense of the word. So these are very fundamental. Then you also look at projects. You must be sensitive to their situation in terms of infrastructures. How many buildings also have these uh, infrastructures that support them? You have somebody taking lectures in fourth floor and he's on wheelchair and you have not made provision to take the person right up there. Infrastructures must also have these uh, condiments uh, in the true sense of it. You go to hospitals they are not giving special care you go to other places like uh, markets they are not giving adequate care you treat them like any other person so i think that the components of our contracts in terms of projects in terms of roads must also cater for these persons in terms of building in terms of special attention that we give them even when they go to hospitals where you see long queues and people who have eyes for instance against those with uh, eye defects are expected to follow the same channel i think we should be able to provide a, a kind of succor that will allow them to have uh, this access to it so it goes just beyond just appointment men and giving them position you must also be sensitive to those issues thank you thank you for that we've missed some of your calls please do well to call 081 um we we are having a very powerful conversation and uh, before we let you all go we will really want to hear your experience it will give other women the strength to do more to try their best let's hear you all yeah, I think um, there's nothing in life um, that is called failure. Mm. Um, when you try something and you fail, that doesn't mean you're a failure. Um, um, my, my voice to the women out there is to say that um, do not let anyone define you. You are who you are by the will and the grace of God. 
and God saw it fit that he created you, he made you. And, you know, a single bunch of key is still very, very effective. You cannot um, carry a key and say two keys will open a car. It has to be one key. And every woman is that one key. You are very significant. You are very, very uh, f uh, someone that's full of potential and grace. Why not um, step up and take up the challenge? Forget about what religious people are saying. Forget about what culture and tradition, you know, are really saying about the women. We are not second class citizens. We are created by God with full potentials and ability and leadership qualities. And so step out and do something, you know, about your life. It could be business. It could be job career it could be politics you know don't let anyone tell you you cannot make it that's my inspiration I know. and that's what pushed me i i really want to hear the challenges you faced and uh, why you refused to take the offer to join um <laughs> <laughs> comrade in this race so tell us briefly you know, yeah, you know, women are less empowered when it comes to finances. You know, women are less e e empowered. When I came out to run for governor, one of the some basic issues I had was um, partnership in, in financing. So when you go around to people to want to ask for aid and support, let me be very honest with you. People begin to give you that look of they want to have wash my back and then i wash your back mm -hmm. that kind of thing and that's why women are shy in going into politics because there's a myth or limiting belief mm -hmm. that once a woman is in politics she's a harlot mm -hmm. once a woman is in politics she's sleeping around once a woman is in politics i say this on radio if there's any man i've had any relationship ungodly to do with because i i'm in politics let the person come out and speak i'm saying it on the open radio station you understand there are women that do politics and keep their integrity so it's not all women that are in politics that are sleeping around that's the mindset the limiting beliefs that has been told to the people down there so once they see you pushing in politics they believe that you want to sell your body or you want so these are some of the issues you go around and people look at you you know okay we will support you but wash my back i wash your own so those are some of the issues that women are facing thirdly it is being viewed that women don't have potential or so ability to be able to deliver or to give so when you come they look down on you and actually that was what happened with me i was raped politically mm. you understand it, this was a political rape mm. you understand my mandate was raped off me you know by a, a gang of conspiracy you know and it's being viewed that you know you are not capable you are not you, are, you don't have what it takes and all of that and so they push you aside and you know carry on with whatever they want to carry on at the end of the day i personally as a person i really felt discouraged about the political scene about all the things happening and i felt look let me just take a seat back and watch because you know it's, it's not easy i cried for three days in fact i had to run and leave my house for over two weeks in, to go in hiding because of some certain things you know you can google it you'll be able to see the story you know it was carried everywhere you know it wasn't an easy thing for me and i felt you know as a mother and a woman somebody should listen to me and all the people i ran to 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 help me out from the rape that i was raped politically 
politically. You know, all of them were male, and everybody kept promising me we'll look into until tomorrow. Nobody has called me to apologize. Nobody has called me to say they are sorry. Nobody has called me to even, you know, comfort me to ask. I think the only person, and I can say this openly without fear, who took me, comforted me, and tried to understand what I went through was His Excellency, uh, former Senator Jeremiah Hussein. I think, yes, I think that's the only man who invited me to his house, sat with me, listened to my pain and whatever I went through and offered me a shoulder to lean on and told me, look, don't give up. You can make it. You can do this. You can do that. I think so far, so good. That's the only man that that, that has that has done that for me what in, in the political women world. supporting women? Did you face any challenge? Ah, I know we are pressed for time, but I really yes. want to hear this in two seconds. Yes, yes. You know, um, I would say to say the least, honestly, some things have changed on the plateau. And I want to give it to Dr. Jofia Gopar, the leader of the Women for Women group. You know, she has done so well in bringing women together. I would tell you that um, when some events happened to me, they wanted to take it up. But I said, no, 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 no. Let's just let things be. So that mindset of women don't support women. It's no longer uh, it's no longer working here on the plateau. I got full support of women groups here okay. on the plateau. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. In fact, I feel like begging them to add more time but we can't do all of that mm. so in um one one second let me hear your last last thoughts um well i think we we need to keep encouraging ourselves uh the the society out there is not friendly uh, you need endorsements you need finance you need this uh, but we must keep pushing and the first lesson you must learn in politics is to develop thick skin from day one and trust in god thank you i want to plead with our youths to be calm let's not be violent let's wait for the supreme court to do the right thing concerning the presidential election secondly young people are burning their pvcs i want to beg you in the name of god let's take back our country go out next week saturday vote for your governorship candidate and do it peacefully we are hoping that INEC will improve where they were not just and fair so please i'm begging let's all be calm and see that nigeria does not burn thank you so much for this amazing conversation and this is all we can take today but i want to encourage everyone just like we have been um um asking ourselves questions and uh, encouraging ourselves to go out and vote and uh, we anticipated before the presidential election a lot of youths have come out to uh, do a lot of amazing things it's the same energy we can put in encouraging women to go out and do amazing things just like we can see the testimony in tanzania and other countries so let's invest in our women so that uh, our world will be a better place do well to embrace equity i am nanji nandan please let's go out and vote it's Renny bridget have a nice weekend and good luck to his excellency on saturday <laughs> thank you <laughs>